Are you a healthcare organization struggling to achieve success? What if I told you that success not only depends on strategy, but also on the right mindset? At the Mindset Gap, their team of seasoned consultants understand the critical role mindset plays in achieving organizational excellence by empowering your workforce to think innovatively, embrace change, and adapt to new challenges. So imagine your workplace, one where your employees and patients thrive, where creativity and productivity go hand in hand, and where obstacles become opportunities. Don't let your organization fall into the mindset gap. Take the first step towards unlocking your potential today and email assist at themindsetgap.com with the referral code GENCAN20 to schedule a consultation. Hey everyone, welcome to the Healthcare Provider Happy Hour. I'm your host, Jennifer George, and I'm joining you this evening with a special guest. Her name is Shoni Dusling, and she's a certified life coach and a cognitive behavioral therapy practitioner who is on a mission to empowering women to help them break free of perfectionistic mindset and tendencies. So if you are someone who is struggling with perfectionism, like many of us are in healthcare, you don't want to miss this episode. So grab your drink of choice and join us. Welcome to the Healthcare Provider Happy Hour. This is a safe space where we invite healthcare providers to unapologetically be themselves after the working day. My name is Jennifer George, and each week I will connect you with guests and stories that will help transform your stress to success and fulfillment. Are you with me? Grab your drink of choice and let's chat. Thanks for joining me. I know Thanks so much for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to have you here. I've been following you on Instagram for a while, and I see your content on perfectionism, so I'm really excited for you to share some insight with our listeners, our healthcare providers out there who might be struggling right now. Uh, but tell me first what you're drinking. Well, okay, so normally it's 9... 30 in the morning here in Singapore. So normally I would be having water, but today I used my soda stream and made fizzy water (laughs) for this occasion. (laughs) Carbonation. I actually have water too, and I I often do drink water, but especially because here it's 8.30 p.m. at night, but I'm sensitive to caffeine. So if I have like a tea or a coffee right now, I'll be up. So (laughs) So I'm sticking with water too, but not carbonated. (laughs) So I know a little bit about you, but can you tell our listeners more about you and how you evolved to this place right now? Yeah, sure. So I, um, I'm originally from Ontario. So a small town, Ontario. And I, 
yeah, I grew up there with two younger sisters. And I would say the three things that I love the most probably would be nature, people, and learning. So nature, of course, from growing up in a small town and just Ontario, Canada in general, you're surrounded by nature. Um, so I really enjoy that and sports and things like that. And then connecting with people, I always invited all of our neighbor friends over. And now that has translated into um, me inviting people over for dinner all the time and things like that. So, and then learning is the last thing. So I love to learn. And that actually led me to Singapore because when I was taking my master's in uh, Vancouver, I met my husband who's Singaporean. So thankful for that. <laughs> and love brought you there too. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. What, what part of Ontario are you from? Cause I'm in Ontario. Yeah, so I'm originally from Waterford. It's a very small town of about 3,000, and it's close to Lake Erie. So it's close to Port Dover, Brantford, Hamilton, okay. getting a yeah. little bit bigger. <laughs> yeah, so you're, I'm in Windsor, so you're about three and a half hours-ish probably away from me, <laughs> or we're, yep. we're living there. Um, exactly. Very cool, though, that you're in Singapore, and it's very cool, I think, to connect with people through this medium all over the world and it just goes to show like and we'll get into everything in a moment but it just goes to show how connected you know people are regardless of where you live or where you once lived or you know because we all we're more alike that way and in other ways other than our our location demographically right so this exactly cool. i'm so happy to have you here so one of the reasons why I did follow you and have been following you on Instagram is because of your content on perfectionism and how you have a mission to help women break free of it. Um, so can you tell me like what inspired that journey for you? Yeah, so perfectionism is something that I've definitely wrestled with my entire life and until recently. And I it's caused me a lot of anxiety. So I also do have clinical anxiety. So the two of those are just a terrible mix. <laughs> and so I, so I decided that I wanted to go into coaching. I used to be in marketing, but I wanted to make that switch because I wanted to help people more. And as I was trying to figure out what my niche was, um, I realized that it's always better to work on something that you yourself have struggled with so that you can help people from that Place. So that is why I chose perfectionism. And it's been amazing because the more that I learn about myself and the more that I work with clients, it's just been this very organic learning process of, of recognizing more and more what the different issues are with perfectionism and at the same time learning more and more ways of addressing those. So it's, yeah, I, I've really been grateful for the journey so far. That's great. I'm going to backtrack you a little bit just to, can you let me know in plain terms what perfectionism actually is? Totally. Yes. Yeah. I think that's a great question. So oftentimes people think that maybe not often, but I think it's becoming less and less the case, but for a long time, perfectionism was looked at as a very positive thing. And there seems to be this conflation between perfectionism and high achieving. So people kind of see perfectionism as this 
great personality trait where you strive and you achieve great things, but actually that would be defined as high achieving. And the difference is that perfectionism at the very basic term is shooting for an impossible standard. That's how I would define it. And because you're shooting for an impossible standard, you're never reaching it. And a lot of perfectionists, their desire to achieve perfection is from this desire to prove their, prove their worth. So it's not actually from a desire to want to achieve great things. They achieve great things because they feel that that will make them feel like a legitimate, like they have value. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And even when they do achieve those things, they're still not, they're still not feeling valuable or they're still feeling um, anxiety or, or whatever it might be at the time. Like the negative feelings are still there. Totally. Does that makes sense. Okay. I, I just wanted to be clear, but what you said there, because when you said an impossible standard, I thought that was interesting how you worded it as impossible. I guess that would be dependent on who it is you're talking to right but it's almost like setting yourself up to fail in a way yes from what you're saying it is yeah 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 because usually what will happen is once you don't hit that standard um or let's say that you do hit your standard you'll find a reason why your standard why that result still wasn't good enough and then you'll start the cycle again um of just trying to achieve and then not achieving or finding an error with what you achieved and therefore feeling like you need to try better next time. And it just continues over and over. Okay. I see. So how would, so that makes sense. Like even in the healthcare setting. Um, so how could perfectionism then setting yourself up that way? Um, how could it lead to burnout? How could that cycle, that vicious cycle, lead to someone's burnout? I think, yeah, I think it definitely can lead to burnout because of the amounts of energy that are spent. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think there are three things. So we spend a lot of energy trying to achieve perfection. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also spend a lot of time trying to achieve perfection, which means that Oftentimes, it takes the form of people spending a lot of unnecessary time on very small details instead of on the more important, seeing the bigger picture. And then the third part would be there's a lot of emotional um, emotional damage that we do to ourselves by beating ourselves up when we make a mistake or fail. So you combine these three things and you're for sure going to eventually burn out because you're just your emotional tank is low your physical energy is low and psychologically you're just not in a good place so they definitely can add together to create that i can totally see that happening especially the energy expenditure um kind of like that over investment and something that's not paying you back in return in the way in which you anticipated or were expecting um and also i one of the things i talk about on this podcast that i've talked about is the bigger picture too is you know getting lost in the small details and those things we we don't that are i don't want to say small in the sense that i'm devaluing what somebody perceives it to be but small in the sense that you don't have the control over certain things and you can't let 
you can't let those things go, right? Um, and just like I said, not seeing the bigger picture. Like I often find that does take a lot of energy away from you when you're when you get lost in the details of yes. something, right? Um, or you just perseverate on something that again you have no control over, um, rather yeah. than seeing how that impacts the greater picture of your life or your practice in some way, shape, or form. Um, very interesting. So how can, uh, yeah, totally in terms of self care, like then, cause one of the things I talk about in terms of burnout prevention is self care. I'm not sure if I'm using the right language as it pertains to perfectionism by saying that, but yeah. what are some things then or some steps that people can take for themselves without worrying about that in itself going perfectly. Yeah. In order to, in order to overcome perfectionism. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. So maybe I'll talk about a strategy people can use and then how to not worry about it being perfect. So okay. kind of two separate things. So the first part, the strategy would be self-compassion. And this is a word that's thrown around all the time, but it's actually, and I'm sure you know this as well, it's a legitimate um, framework for working through different scenarios in your life. And there's some amazing free resources online if anyone just Googles self-compassion resources. Um, so, but yeah, so that's something that I teach my clients at the very beginning of the program because usually, um, yeah, oftentimes we're not kind to ourselves. And I mean, I guess I, I kind of like to think about it in terms of a, an external friend. So imagine you could choose between spending a week with a friend who just constantly criticizes you versus a week with a friend who constantly encourages you like which one would we choose <laughs> right so, i would hope we would choose the more encouraging one <laughs> oh but you know our emotions get the best of us sometimes or a lack of self-compassion yeah 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 so oftentimes we so we spend more time with ourselves than anyone else so I think that's why I really encourage people to cultivate this sense of kindness and being a friend towards themselves because there's, it's just so powerful. It sounds like such a simple concept, but it's so powerful. And how you can do this is just starting to monitor your thoughts and just recognize when am I, when am I being critical and how can I replace that? criticism with kindness. It's as simple as that, but it's so powerful. And I think the way that we can not worry about that process being perfect is to just kind of have grace with ourselves in the process. So to say, you know what, you're trying, or I'm trying, however you want to talk to yourself. <laughs> but and say, maybe I'm not there yet. Maybe these thoughts, especially if you've been critical to yourself, for your whole life. Maybe these things that I'm trying to say to myself, I don't even believe them coming from me because I've never heard them come from me before. But you know what? I'm just going to keep going. I'm doing the best that I can. And yeah, just kind of nurturing that, that self-kind, self-compassionate voice within yourself. Okay. So that's the first strat, like that's the strategy part around it is starting with self-compassion. Yeah. Now, do you yeah. recommend doing this just kind of like when 
people are experiencing negative thoughts towards themselves or um, like almost preventatively in a way, like being more self-compassionate without, re without reacting to a negative feeling internally, right? Or a negative emotion. Like could, could we just like, I, like maybe do some self-talk or, you know, on the, on the front end of things, um, yeah. right. Without it being so much of just a reaction. So I know for me personally, I'll do things, I'll do like stuff like this in the morning when I have like the most time to myself, when the, the world is, seems more peaceful, there's hope in a new day. Like I just, yeah. like the more self-compassionate side of me comes out better at that time. Um, so I let that, I let that kind of roll in the mornings and it's definitely harder to um to react um to negative feelings throughout the day but i do find i try to visualize in a sense as well as i'm doing that in the morning just that self that positive self-talk whether it's affirmations whether it's mirror talk for me um, i did that this morning for example <laughs> yeah I felt better after even though it was a bit awkward <laughs> i still make it <laughs> do it um but yeah so so i guess is there a space for that to do even preventatively as well just kind of without reacting to a negative emotion yeah so i think that um i think there's definitely benefit to just cultivating it as a practice in general instead of it just being reactive because then we're more uh, resilient when the time comes. Yeah. I, th I think something that I would almost say, because sometimes it's difficult, sometimes it's difficult to imagine or to say like, you can do this. Um, actually things like that are helpful, but something else that's really helpful is to cultivate a sense of gratitude mm -hmm. because that builds this sort of buffer so that when those situations do come, you've been practicing being grateful for things. So you can also couch self-compassion in things like that. And sometimes that makes it a bit more tangible to say something like, I am grateful. You can even say, I am grateful for how I responded to this situation yesterday, or I am grateful for this new opportunity to connect with this person today and just constantly looking for what you're grateful for because it yeah it i mean i'm sure you're in healthcare so you probably understand this a lot better than me but yeah. the it it actually changes the makeup of our brain uh when we're thankful for things so i think coupling those two things together um is really helpful yeah. and just being kind to yourself throughout the day so just just in the little things as well. So it doesn't need to be this huge situation and then you make a mistake and then you're, you try to be compassionate, but it can be in the very small things. Mm -hmm. So for, for example, you can just say, um, as you're going about your day, like, oh, I just made a pretty good breakfast. I'm pretty proud of myself. Like it can be very small things that normally you would think, I mean, it sounds kind of silly, but the more that you do things like that, the more that you're cultivating this just kind voice towards yourself. And eventually you don't even realize that you're doing it. That self-critical voice will get less and less to the point that it's 
hardly even there. Nice. The cooking piece really relates to me, actually, because I'm very insecure yeah. about cooking. And <laughs> it's not <laughs> something I really enjoy that much, to be honest, but it's something I need to do. Um, so when I do cook something, I am pretty proud of myself. Uh, but I never thought about like applauding myself or recognizing myself for that. But I'll, I'm going to start doing that because maybe that'll just help me get over the critical part of myself when it comes to to my cooking, right? For sure. Yeah. And I love what you said about gratitude because honestly, I feel like on my podcast lately, I've been doing nothing but talking about gratitude. <laughs> but, it really, <laughs> but it really is like, so in some ways I feel like I don't talk about it enough because it really is a huge staple in my life. Um, yeah. And I definitely do it in the mornings and I'm now doing it more later in the day too like you okay. said, in the sense that kind of related to what you said um in the smaller things like just mm. being grateful for those little things throughout the day that we normally don't even appreciate right and yeah. just taking a, an extra moment to appreciate those because i just feel like you can't attract or bring into your life what it is that you really desire if you can't be thankful for mm. what what is right now right or come from that place of gratitude so I'm so glad that, that that's part of your strategy and um, recommendation because that totally aligns with me <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> can we can we talk a little bit about self-sabotaging because I'm kind of bad for this in the sense of procrastination for me personally uh, mm -hmm. how can we like why do we self-sabotage ourselves as it relates to trying to let go of perfectionism. For me, I know that's something I do. Um, I almost do it like when things are going really well, I mm -hmm. almost just end up self-sabotaging myself. It's so weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe you can chat more about that. Yeah, so would that be with regards to procrastination in particular? For me, it is. It's usually procrastination uh, at the self-sabotaging uh, practice oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so interesting um i actually just did a podcast episode on procrastination a couple weeks ago so i'm glad that you're asking about that um, yeah so the reason that we procrastinate is because we don't understand the emotions behind it so oftentimes we think that we're procrastinating to put off a task but what we're actually doing is we're putting off the emotions that come with that task. Okay. So for instance, if there's a new project, especially if it's something new that we've never done before, there might be anxiety, there might be fear of feeling overwhelmed or things like this. And so instead of diving in and experiencing those unhelpful or those uh, uncomfortable emotions, we, self-sabotage by basically just saying you know what maybe i need to organize my whole room right now or maybe i need to answer all of my emails suddenly yeah, exactly. <laughs> right and just do all of these small things that are quite mindless and that don't make us experience those emotions right. but the amazing thing is that the more that we practice I mean, the first thing is recognizing what those emotions are. So honestly, that in itself is extremely powerful because then you recognize, oh, 
you know what you know what you're trying to avoid so it kind of takes the power away from the excuse okay and, <laughs> sense. yeah and then after you kind of deflate the desire to procrastinate then once you step in and repetit like repeatedly just push past that procrastination you get that reward that rewarding feeling of how great it feels to have pushed past this wall that you never thought there was you never thought there was a world beyond that wall but the more that you do it the more that you come to be comfortable with pushing past that okay so now i have to ask a question because one of the things about burnout is energy depletion um yeah. for, for most people so now my question to you is if you continue to put like how do you know the difference i don't know if you can answer this but how do you know the difference then between respecting your boundary of needing rest um mm. or whether you should um deflate that that procrastination or that self-sabotaging behavior and just go at it yeah can yeah. you kind of chat about that for a moment yeah so off the top of my head, I suppose I would ask the question of what is behind the procrastination? Okay. Um, is it actually a need for rest? Or am I using the need for rest as an excuse? And oftentimes, I mean, we're in a society where all of us need more rest mm -hmm. anyways. Um, but I think that I think we can trust ourselves to know the difference. I think that oftentimes we get in this place where, where we are asking like, which, which, which one is it? Is like, am I just tired or am I procrastinating because I don't want to jump into something? And I think it, deep down we can tap into what the real reason is. And then from there, once we have that insight, then we can move forward with the appropriate strategy. Yeah. So it really comes down to self-awareness through this process, yeah. right? Like that's a big part of it or most of it. Um, a huge part. Okay. Very cool. And that, that's what I do do. Like I know for me, like I can, um, I can just decipher usually like if I'm on the couch watching TV and I know I have something that I think I need to do. If I physically just can't see myself doing it, that I know I need rest and I'm just, I, and I actually do end up feeling better the next day and more energized, but it really does come down to that awareness and yeah. in yourself, those uncomfortable questions, I think without being, yeah. without being afraid of that, right. Or fearful of that. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so when I think of perfectionism too, sometimes I traditionally, I've always thought of like overachieving, um, you know, super competitive, not necessarily with others, but even within ourselves to a fault um, as healthcare providers, just because of the way we're conditioned throughout our schooling, right? We have to obtain certain grades to get into a program and then you got to maintain that and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So mm -hmm. how can we learn to be more self-compassionate and put less pressure on ourselves? Um, to know, to feel like as healthcare providers, we have to know everything in order to help mm. people. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. I, I suppose um, the first thing that we could say 
to ourselves is just a simple thing of I'm only human. Knowing everything is not possible. Perfect. And, and, and then from there saying, what are the things that I actually need to learn for maybe this patient or for whatever is in front of you? And then learning those. And then from there, I would say to not be afraid to make mistakes. I mean, in, yeah. I guess in the healthcare <laughs> profession. It can, it can cost yeah, patients <laughs> their health in some way, shape, or form. I mean, yes. that's where that pressure comes from, right? Is we don't want to hurt anybody. That's like the number one law, like thou shalt do no harm, right? So, you know, yeah. um, it's that, that in itself is just that. But you're right, we're human and we're not we're we're more like to our patients than we are different is the way I see it from an empathetic yeah. standpoint. So um I think if you're transparent in your uh relational and everything, you know, patients are pretty understanding if if you are, don't know everything or if you need time to figure things out rather than going in there and potentially harming, right? Or hurting. Yeah. Someone. So um, but sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Um, but yeah, no. <laughs> I know what you mean. No. It's not. It, yeah, sometimes mistakes can be seen as an all or none for us when it when it comes to patient <laughs> care directly. But even in our own policies and procedures of our own practices, right, in our own um, colleges and stuff, like just even upholding all of that can be uh, pressuring on some of us. So yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. So I guess maybe the answer there is to just be more gracious with yourself in acknowledging that you don't know everything and being okay to be a bit more transparent. So perhaps that could take the form of asking, and this is coming from me not being a healthcare professional. So you can, you can say that's not realistic, <laughs> but one thing that comes to mind would be to even just ask the patients more questions. Mm -hmm. and not feel pressure um not feel pressure right off the bat to address the issue based on a very small amount of information so not feeling like oh, oh they only gave me three things okay i need to think like what is the solution and i better have the perfect solution um but being open to saying oh you know what like can you tell me more about this and not having this fear of looking imperfect or looking like you don't know what you're doing right. because you're actually going to serve them better by doing that and the other thing would be to be open to asking other people that you work with for help which i think a lot of times we can be afraid to do that because it might make us look we might feel that it will make us look less intelligent or whatever but it it's actually a huge opportunity to grow and learn. So we're only going, going to improve. So I think it's recognizing that growing and learning is only going to make you a better healthcare professional in the future. Yeah, um, I, I agree. Like you don't have to have it all figured out in any moment, right? Like, you're, like you said, being open to growing and learning. I had a situation today actually with a patient and he was, he was a bit irritated because I, he was fairly new and you know when you're new many different providers are coming in right and they're 
asking about your story and stuff like that. So I was one, one of the few who came in at some point and he said, you know, I already answered this. So it's got to be written somewhere or something. And I kind of said, like, I said, it could be, it very well could be, but you know, you're my, you're my most reliable uh, person, you know, to give me this information. So empowering him to, to know that he is, he's everything, right? Like his story matters and not to um, look at a computer screen in order to figure this out. Like I wanted it, I felt like it needed to come from him. And so when I said that to him, I, I don't know if anyone had ever said that to him before, but he kind of like took a whole new stance and was very, a lot more forthcoming. Um, but yeah, like not, I, I'm just glad that I didn't like freeze in that moment and be like, yeah, you're right. I should be like, <laughs> I should have everything in front of me and I should know everything before I come see you. But that's not the reality. So, um, but that is kind of the way you're taught in some in some ways right um yeah. but uh yeah so but i've been practicing for several years now and i've had to you know i've been practicing for 13 years so i've i've gotten to learn these things over time nobody has it all figured out in the beginning even though we, yeah. we we feel like we have to but we don't and i think it's important to know to embrace growth that way for sure um and no patient's the same right no person is the yeah. same and adapting our um, adapting our communication around that, I think is super important so that the patient always feels empowered. I love that. Yeah. I love, <laughs> I love just the way, the, the way that you did that. And I also love the idea of empowering the client and seeing them as the, the richest source of information. That's absolutely. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His perspective is to me, all that matters in the end. Right. Cause uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll have our own perspectives and, and trying to be mindful of that for sure. But you've been so awesome, uh, Shodi. I just want, I'd like to ask you one more question before we time out here. Um, sure. So what you kind of touched on this a moment ago, but what would be your advice for healthcare providers who are struggling then with feelings of a having to know it all or B not knowing enough? Mm, mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I suppose it would just be actually one thing that they can do is to check their language with themselves. So one, one thing in particular would be just notice how much, how often you are saying the word should to yourself, because oftentimes we use that word so, so frequently that it becomes just this normal narrative in our minds that I should know this, I should do that, I should have done this. Um, and replacing that instead with the word could is extremely powerful. So that's something that they can do. So they don't feel like I should know it all, but they're like, I could know it all. Okay, <laughs> interesting, that reframes it a bit. And then from there you can say, okay, well, it becomes an opportunity instead of a burden. And then you can say, interesting, what would I like to learn more, more about and how can I grow? And yeah, just really seeing, really having that growth mindset as opposed to a fixed mindset and recognizing that we're all on a journey. We're all trying to improve, but none of us are there yet. None of us will, will ever be fully there. Um, so recognizing that common humanity with other people as well that, um, and then being okay and kind of accepting themselves despite not being perfect right 
And I, I actually consciously now try not to use the word perfect, although I mentioned it a moment ago to you. <laughs> I know that I didn't respond <laughs> to something you said, but I am really conscious now of not even using the word because I feel like it, it yeah, it holds a standard that doesn't really exist. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, it, it's an impossible standard that we kind of have loosely used in society, but can really um, affect people's mental health and. Um, yeah, energy levels and all of that, right? So, or, and their um, lack of compassion with themselves as a result. Exactly. Yeah, well, that's amazing. And I like the part you said too about um, like-minded community. I think it's really important to be around people too, who don't have as much of a fixed mindset as well, because it's really easy, I find, to get sucked into that if you're around mm -hmm. people who do a lot compared to um, others who are more open-minded or more growth-minded. So. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're a newer grad too. Um, yeah. Just being open to that growth and people who are growing in that direction as well. <laughs> I think it's super important. So yeah. I really appreciate you being here. You've been wonderful. But can you tell us where people can connect with you, Shoni? Yeah, totally. So the best place to, well, first of all, <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Oh, this has been really, really fun. I wish we had more time, truthfully. <laughs> I don't mean to cut you off. <laughs> I know we do. <laughs> um, I guess the best way to connect me would be on Instagram. So at 12 inches away, and it's spelled out in letters. So it's T-W-E-L-V-E, -E, inches away. And if you're not on Instagram, I'm also on Facebook, or I have my website, 12inchesaway.com. And actually, um, yeah, so I, I work with one-on-one uh, -on -one clients, but I'm actually, I've just opened up registration for a group coaching program, helping women overcome perfectionism. So the program's starting on November 30th, and there is a limited time bonus for anyone who signs up by this Saturday night. So if, yeah. Yeah, people should definitely check that out because you're wonderful and you're very authentic and I think, like you said, you've had to have gone through it in order to make that now your message and means of helping others. So I really appreciate you getting into the healing space in this way from the marketing space. It's been great having you. Yeah. Uh, so I will actually put your contact um, in the show notes too, just so you know. So that Aww, thank you. can reach out to you as well uh, more directly. So I okay. you. thank you so much for being here. Yeah, my pleasure. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. So if you guys like this podcast, please subscribe and leave an honest review. Your feedback means everything to me. Your reviews are what moves this podcast forward and I always appreciate receiving them. If you want to get a hold of me directly, reach out to me on social media. My handles are in the show notes and you can always subscribe to my weekly newsletters at jennifergeorge.co so that we can stay connected. So until next time, thank you guys so much again for your ongoing support.